Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs, a podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, the topic of our podcast, well, the, the title is Colonel Justice, a lynching in California. I'm Tim. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we get started, I'd just like to remind everyone we are a true crime history comedy podcast. We sometimes use adult language. Uh, but this, I, I feel like this episode is going to be a little different, Timmy. Well, yeah, because we we have the the sailor, the one that always gives us that E rating, is on suspension this week. Yeah, Timmy. unfortunately, um, our co-host Brandy, who I know many of you love, and Brandy is you know part of this show. She'll continue to be part of this show, but she has. Um, we're gonna. We're trying to see if she can get the help she needs. She she is having problems with her uh, controlling her ang- anger and also her language. So we're hoping uh, she's trying to get some help. And uh, to tell us a little bit more about that, I'm going to ask the colonel to step in and, and explain what's going on. Well, the it, it, many of you may have seen her uh, just losing control at Walmart and then going outside and kicking a puppy. And we're just really hoping and praying because as people who have followed the show notice, she's a very angry woman to me. And we've got a lot of complaints about her. Many, many complaints, a lot of bad reviews. I love Timmy. I love Chuck. But what is with this mean, angry woman over here? You know, uh, we love Brandy, of course. And and Brandy has been a part of this show since the beginning. And um, she I know she has a lot of supporters, but lately she's just uh, she's not been herself, Colonel. Well, she's been herself, but she's taken herself up to... She's gone full Leroy Jenkins on herself, Timmy, and she's just... Well, we just couldn't bear her anymore, Timmy. And uh, It was just too hard for us. Every now, week, we I, was just... I know you don't want to go too much into her, uh, the assault charges, uh, but what can you tell us in terms of, you know, what what led to this, Colonel, and, and, and led to us doing these remote podcasts well what led to us doing the remote podcast was her her inappropriate touching of me while we was doing the shows you know she was only sitting two feet from me so she has that problem yeah you know and she would make comments and say things about my jeans and 
And you were uncomfortable, Colonel. I mean, it, it, it's it, it created a very uncomfortable. And we want you to feel safe, to work We really want you to feel safe. So, Brandy's getting the help that she needs. She'll be back on the show um, when she's healthy. When she when she's healthy. Now, there's been a lot of rumors, yeah. Colonel, that we're trying to replace her because you know she's not she's not really young anymore. She's not even close to young anymore, Timmy. She's she's uh, pretty. I, I think. Uh, she's seen better days is really all you can say about her. And, but she, maybe we're trying to milk just those last few. It's kind of like when Babe Ruth was in his last year, Timmy, although she is no, I've seen Babe Ruth and she is certainly no Babe Ruth, but. Well, but let's, let's be honest, Colonel. Sometimes women in media, they, after they, now we get, you and I, we're just, we're what you call distinguished Colonel, but. We are. But uh, women, they just kind of get old. They get old. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I can no longer take this. I'm trying to be quiet. Everything we you're saying joined. is a lie. We're fortunate Everything. to have a younger it's woman just, with us today, I can't today, even. <laughs> no. Afari, oh, my Afari God. Woman, no. Uh, the lovely. Much younger, Timmy. <laughs> no. The lovely Karen no. Michelle. How are you today, Karen? No. I'm okay. I'm a little horrified. But well, I mean, I mean it, obviously, you know, Brandy, uh, you I'm know, good. she has a problem with the English language and, you know. Yeah, if she listens to this, which I, I doubt that she actually will. But if she does, I think that, I mean, I, that her eyes may roll back to the back of her head as she's listening. Well, I, I mean, she it, can't be I surprised, Colonel, uh, that we're replacing her I with a, a younger. Younger talent. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> More but pleasant. Our problem, mm, yeah. Well, we, I mean, it's the devil sets a law <laughs> boat, or a low bar for pleasantness, Timmy. But we are happy to have so, Kara Michelle from Spy Stories here today, Colonel. We are. Well, you're happier than I am because I have to deal with this woman, <laughs> and she's got some anger issues of her own. But she, she's not quite why. forty yet, Timmy. Okay. So, so she's still we young. might have a couple good weeks in her. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> now, I know, Karen, that you're not used to doing um, the more serious subjects. You're, you're used to kind of right. doing the fluff right. pieces on, on context and clarity and spy yeah. stories. So you're going to have to kind of bear down on this because this is serious well, news. Right. Are, I'm not, I'm not used to research. This, right, yeah. We appreciate you uh, mm -hmm. sitting in at the last moment when Thank we finally you. just could not take Brandy anymore. But um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Spy Stories, what it's about, where people can find it. Well, Timmy, it's about spies. That is clever. And I mean, their stories. that title is. I mean, that's clever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, you cover uh, spies throughout <laughs> history. And. Um, you take recommendations. Yes, uh, yes. Because I've given you some. Yes. yes. From you, I take I've recommendations given a, I've given from you. And I know no, like, oh, it's God, another recommendation. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. We try to focus more on who the people were than their mission, because you know there a lot of there's a lot of information out there about the mission itself, but not the people. And um, so their whole life stories are really pretty interesting to me. So I like to to talk about that. And if I'm lucky, Chuck also will listen or read the script and so have the colonel some, is also some commentary. On this podcast, Usually he just has commentary. Yeah. 
And it's am- he is. It's amazing yes. that he's on yes, two podcasts. And uh, so, where can <laughs> where can people find uh, Spice Stores? All the places so that iTunes people find podcasts. All the podcast I think we're there. Apps. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. it's really good. All guys. the main right. All the main podcast if platforms. If you haven't yet, I mean, uh, thank you. Your part is good, Karen. I'm not sure about your co-host. But speaking of your co-host, <laughs> let me introduce a man who really needs no introduction. He's a man who's uh, been called an oasis in the desert of despair. Uh, do you believe that, Karen? People call him that. I'm sure as a co- as you're working with him, uh, you've you've noticed how he is sort of a moral compass uh, of the podcast. Truly, I could not be who I am if it were not for him. That uh, for sure. I have yeah, I definitely. have built this woman. To me. I see. <laughs> the very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters the Third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm not good, Timmy. Uh, well, you got a gasp there, uh, um, Karen, because you know I'm trying to bring in Brandon. <gasps> Surprise! What's wrong, <laughs> Colonel? Well, Timmy, you told me you know we had the unfortunate incidents with Brandy and the you know stuff going viral on the internet, and you said, "Well, don't worry about it, Colonel. Today we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a younger guest host." Oh my God! And this is kind of like. And, and and Karen Michelle is is about to turn a milestone birthday. When is your birthday? And it's kind of like I'm, I'm so glad that you're <laughs> announcing to everyone how old I am. That's just fantastic. Yeah, that's against the hip. She's going to be forty this month, Timmy. This in month. two weeks. Well, happy birthday, Karen. <sighs> Thank you. It's not my birthday yet, but, but I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, great. Yes, great. at the end of June. Yeah, mm-hmm. Colonel, you can't, you can't talk about a lady's age unless it's Brandy. Well, I'm just saying. Because I after know, 40, I understand. they're not really a lady, so, you know. Oh, my. Right, you right. And she, I'm, I've been talking to her and preparing for the change. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it's much like somebody coming into your house, going to the grocery store, getting a gallon of milk. They bring the milk in, and the expiration date is the next day. It's like you got a one day to drink a whole gallon of well, milk. You know, it was it was last minute. So, but you know, hey, she's yeah, she's well, under okay. forty, so she'll do for now. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're happy to have her, and I'm sure you're going to do a great job, Karen. Uh, and if you don't, uh, you'll never be on the show again. So, <laughs> so Colonel, um, you want to talk about? I, I wrote this script for you, Colonel, because it's about Colonel Justice. It's about People taking justice into their own hands. I know you've well, taken yourself into your own hands before. I have taken myself into my own hands and tried to provide justice for my justice and relief for myself. Uh, too. I see. And uh, it's something that, um, well, the world needs more of, Timmy. <laughs> how these men were handled, this is how you handle people, Timmy. All these fancy lawyers and these people saying you know, criminal rights and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know what a criminal right is, Timmy? It's as this, well, I, I don't want to ruin the story, but I don't think that's possible since you haven't read the script. So I'm not sure you can ruin the story. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say mm-hmm. that uh, so many of our listeners, when we say the lynching of John Holmes, they're going to say, oh, I wondered what happened to him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I changed the title at the last minute, but we had a working title of The Lynching of John Holmes and Harold Thurman, who were the two guys who got lynched, but we'll get into that. You remember the Lindbergh kidnapping, Colonel, back in 1932, you as a young lad? It was a horrible thing to me. You were there. You were there. there. I I was not there. Don't place me at the scene. I was not there. I mean, you're always there, though. Well, I was. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, yeah but I See? wasn't there. Well, don't go there. <laughs> well. Don't go there. Uh, the Lindbergh kidnapping, of course, in 1932, had a profound impact on the nation in several ways, Colonel. You record, of course, you remember aviator Charles Lindbergh, Colonel. You guys, are, Lucky Lindbergh, yeah, you Timmy. Were, you, Lucky you Lindbergh. And, you and Lucky were friends. Uh, he was the most famous person in the world at one point. Um, so, other well, than you, other of than course. This, yeah, Colonel. other than Colonel. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he had, of course, uh, so he had his child abducted, of course, in New Jersey. And um, that created a lot of anxiety because people felt if the most famous person in the world could have his kid kidnapped, abducted, then, you know, how could they how could they feel secure, Colonel? So. Yeah, and they really didn't have a high-tech security system at the house. <laughs> Apparently, somebody just threw a ladder up against the house and climbed up into the well, window. During the 20s and 30s, a series of ransom, uh, ransom kidnappings, I guess most kidnappings, ransom kidnappings, I don't know, maybe not, uh, terrified the public and created a climate of fear, Colonel. Uh, in 1933 alone, there were eight high-profile abductions nationwide. Including William Ham. I wonder Can how many low podcast on William Ham, wonder... Colonel. We did. He's yeah, the guy did. with the beard. I wonder mm-hmm. how many. I wonder how many low profile uh, abduction cases there were. Low profile, but no one cares about that. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I thought we did that. Uh, we did. We did the podcast on the uh, the the uh, beer magnet. Right. It had the. We did had the uh, mansion. It was yeah. I don't. I can't remember. It was like people were killed. We've done so many. They all bleed together. Yeah, he had to mention that people just went crazy. Yes. I'm not sure if it was William Hamm, but it was, you know, it was related. It was a beer guy. It was somebody, somebody. some mansion. In addition, the Great Depression, of course, (laughs) radically transformed the social, economic, and cultural heart of the nation. It's hard times in, uh, in America, Colonel. I know you're not a stranger to hard times. No, it was, it was. As my as my brother, God rest his soul, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Times were harder than a wedding night, Dick. Timmy, it was the best of times and the worst of times, Colonel. <laughs> it was the best of times and the worst of times. And that was a case he used to say times were harder than twenty nine. <laughs> In San Jose, California, have you ever been to San Jose, Colonel? I've been there. You know Timmy. your way there. Shocking. I've been. I do. Oh, I do know. People, I had a lady come up the street the other day to ask me, mm-hmm. "Do you know the way to San Jose?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, I do, ma'am. I just got on my little phone and gave her directions." Well, it, if you know San Jose, you know it's near San Francisco, right? Just north of San Francisco or south of San Francisco. It is. Yes, of course, home of Anna Gerline. And it is uh, St. Joe's, as I call it, Timmy. St. Joe's, okay. Saint I think Joe. she's from San Francisco, not San Jose, but yeah, St. Joe is right next to San Francisco, and it was the home of a very popular um, retail business called L. Hart and Sons Company. Uh, it's been there for generations. Uh, it was owned by a man named Alex 
Alex Hart. And um, they were a true, he was a true success story, uh, Colonel American success story. Uh, his family were Jewish immigrants, come to the United States, very poor, and through hard work and sacrifice, they developed this uh, business, this heart and son business. It's been very popular in San Jose, and, um, you know, I think it's still there today. Now, there, hey, hey, you know, to me, I'm, I'm not one of those, one of those immigration hawks, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, no. But when people oh, start no. saying, my grandparents came here with not a dollar in their pocket, uh-huh. you know what I think? What? Well, then they was thieves because those sons of bitches had to eat somehow. So what was they doing? Just going shoplifting until they got jobs? What the hell was I they doing? I, I think it's kind of, I don't think they actually mean they had a, no money in their pocket. I think they mean that they were. I, th- I think I think you're going off of your childhood experiences, maybe. Yes. Well, my, mine had been here for a long, long time. and His, and yes, his family think. goes back all the way to 1927, Karen. So, you <laughs> but I, I'm talking about the thieving part. Oh, the um, thieving. That's well, yeah. Colonel, mm-hmm. actually, my family goes back to 1922 in oh, America. That's, that's impressive, Colonel. Well, my Irish grandparents immigrated over here with, but they had a dollar thirty-seven, and they didn't have to steal food. I time. see. I see, Colonel. So. You're as long as someone has something, you, you bring something to the table, is basically what you're saying. Bring some, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There should be a limit if you don't have like forty dollars in your pocket, you can't come into the see. country. I don't know. There should be an admission fee like Disneyland <laughs> because it's more amusing over here than you're going to get at any amusement park, Timmy. That's really oh. what they should do with Walmart, man. They should charge you to go in there because it is amusing. They should, it is amusing. Do you think it's true that the dollar stores are going to start having alcohol? I know that that's not For relevant, but I mean. Oh, that's good. Yes. That I I saw something and it was like move over Walmart people because now dollar stores are going to start booze? having alcohol. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Right. Yeah. That should make for some really good internet fodder, right? Yeah. If it's true. You, I mean, if you can yeah. buy a, uh, some bourbon for a buck, that's a good deal, Colonel. That is a good deal. I'm sure, I'm sure it's quality. <laughs> it might stuff be watered down. If they do that, <laughs> just just a tad. Okay. I like that. Um, Alex's son, Alex Hart, son's name was Brooke. It's kind of fucked up name, don't you think, Colonel? It's like Broken Hot. He's he kinda. named his son Broken Hot. Mm-hmm. I think of Brooke I, Shields. I'm, I'm kind of. Did conf- you ever see that movie, Colonel Brooke Shields, where she was uh, naked on the beach? You remember that? I did, that's Timmy. Before Karen's time, I think. I still have it on VHS, Timmy. What was the name of it? Wasn't she a teenager in that? <clears throat> no. I actually think I know what you're talking about. Blue yeah, Lagoon, Blue right? Lagoon, that's Isn't it. that the movie? Yeah. yeah, I think she was like 13. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, we do not oh, condone that, that to Colonel. Okay. <laughs> we don't care. I got to throw that one away. Hold on. Was that so, so, Didn't Lionel Richie do like, my love? There's only you in my heart. See, wasn't see, that Karen, the song? It, you really need my to step in because that's Brandy's love. role to shut him up. So when he starts singing, mm. you have to kind of, you know, tell him to shut the hell up. See, I can get okay. by with everything. Uh, I'll try to <laughs> okay. do that. So Brookhart, he was the son of Alex. He was the heir apparent, Colonel, 
to take charge of the family business. Kind of like you're the heir apparent of this podcast when I when I uh, die. Um, when you die and you got eat you, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, a long time from now, of course. Uh, but Brooke was young. He was smart. He was ambitious. That's pretty impressive, isn't it, Karen? Be young, smart, and ambitious. Kind of like yourself. Well, I used to be. I mean, I, I have a yes, couple of weeks you have left. A couple and then, of weeks left right. to be young. Well, you'll still mm-hmm. be smart and ambitious. You just, you know, won't be so young. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you. Well, I think her, not really. Her but. ambition is gonna kind of fall by the wayside once she hits forty, and seems that most of your dreams. And and let me help you out here a little bit, Karen. And, and Karen, just those j- dreams. And <laughs> go ahead, Colonel. Things. Well, the dreams and aspirations that you have, Karen, mm-hmm. and, and and hold on to those tight for the next couple of weeks, because when you hit 40, you know they're just not going to happen. Oh, I realized that when I started a podcast with you. <laughs> Colonel, she, she wants a I podcasting a career, and yet she came on this show, <laughs> <Yeah>. Colonel. <laughs> yeah. Not a good move. Not a good move, Colonel. Yeah, you know, this coming on here, Karen, is, is much like saying I'm I'm trying to build my portfolio as an actress and then doing a Cinemax film. <laughs> <laughs> so, well. All right. So you, there you go. You might want to just I'm a, I'm a, Go ahead. I'm a little confused about something with the script, mm-hmm. right? So this is Alex J. Hart is who we're talking about and his son, Brooke, right? But the name of the company was L. Hart and Sons, right? So we have Alex J. and we have Uh Brooke, but there's no one with an L. And it was L. Hart and Company. uh, Colonel will be happy to explain that. It's odd. I'm going to explain that to you, girl. Okay, Um, sure. And and you're... Explain the part where she's supposed to be pretty, Colonel. Right, and and people on the Facebook page and our listeners know you, and 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 you are a quite pretty girl, Karen. Um, but you uh, missed a key you. word, okay? Mm. Generations. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know what their ancestors were called, so this went back for generations. So people prior to them, they didn't change the name every time the old man died and the son took over the business. It was well, L. I, Hart it just... for continuity. And you do it, know what continuity do, is, don't you? Continuity, I do, it's like I do. keeping things the same. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought that he like started it. So I was yeah, confused. Yeah, Colonel, don't get confused. But I'm easily You're not confused. Talking to Brandy so here. that's She's, okay. This one's smart. <laughs> no. No, no. Um, so just, it, it was, it's an old time. It had gone back a long time. So it was originally. Oh, His name was Lionel Hart, so, the, uh, the grandfather. <laughs> Well, see, well, Timmy knows uh, everything. Thank you, Timmy. Okay, whatever. You're happy about it. Okay. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to just go with it. That's what I do. That's why people think I'm smart. I just make stuff up, and as it sounds good. As long as you say good. it with conviction. As long I, as you believe it, Karen, Guess it's who I true. learned that from? Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. I learned that from the colonel, of course, because, you know, so many of his facts are spontaneous. <laughs> they are spontaneous. They are spontaneous. I got facts. spontaneous faculation over here. <laughs> So anyway, Brookhart, the young son, 22, he was the heir apparent to the family business. Uh, He was young, smart, ambitious, and he was expected to be the leader of the next generation of hearts. Because, you know, 
that's their, you know, they go on for generations, Colonel, as you have pointed out. Unfortunately, his family's wealth also made him a target for a kidnapping. Uh, I yeah, hate that. Look, at, the, look at that. There's a kidnapping. He's a kidnap target. See? Right. When you're, when you're rich, God, it just sucks. Well, you sucks. need to be careful People being uh, young and ambitious, right. smart and ambitious, because if you... If spy right. stories take off, you will be a target for kidnappers, Karen. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. Better, that's... better bring you a dolly, Timmy. <laughs> and I don't even want to go to, there. That sounds very try mean. Try to carry to her me. ass off of there, but but uh, in November 1933, uh, Brookhart was abducted, uh, Colonel, in broad daylight, just yards away from his father's store. <laughs> Find that funny, That's Karen? Just... <laughs> it's broad daylight. Yeah. Wow. Just, I'm just picture the guy like walking around and just somebody swoops in and just takes him. I know. That's, I know. I don't know. It was, it was funny. Yeah. Horrific. It would be the that was a it bold would be move. The first step for a city's uh, rapid descent into madness and murder. What's your thoughts on that? That's Karen? beautiful to me. I think that that's beautiful Thank prose. You. Thank you. I love that. Yes, you're welcome. That's kind of my job to talk about. Well, you know, Brandy about. never has a kind word to say to me, so you know, it's probably nice that it comes with a female voice from time to time. Yeah, but see, I'm sincere. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. See, she's sincere, Colonel. Well, after mm-hmm. Brandy gets back from her anger rehab and and her sensitivity training and her no. non-sexual no. harassment training. Maybe she'll have a kind word. She's got a lot of rehab. She's got I a think, lot of rehabilitation to do. She really does. She, she, I, I think perhaps the two of you were her first step into the rapid descent of madness and murder. Well. Don't you think? Yeah. But Possibly. You know why? Because we wouldn't coddle her. Because we made her, we had made her adhere to a standard and she snapped. Well, you know, she we did enable her for a long time, Colonel. <clears throat> we did. We did. She was like basically the spoiled child of the show, Timmy. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. we handled her with <laughs> that kid her. gloves, Karen. Uh-huh. That was the problem. Well, see, the colonel's known for handling too many people with kid gloves. <laughs> that could be the problem. <laughs> no, he's, he's got a big likes heart. To spread uh, the he's love. got a big heart, Karen. He really does. <laughs> By 1933, uh, the Hart Department Store was somewhat of a tradition in the city of San Jose. A small, tranquil uh, city near San Francisco. We already talked about that. It was located at the intersection of Market Street and Santa Clara Street, just two blocks from City Hall and two blocks from the county jail in the opposite direction. There was a convenient parking garage uh, directly across the street of the store for customer parking. And that would be convenient, Colonel, if you're going to the store to have a parking garage across the street. It's better than three blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since it's open, since it's opened its doors in 1860s, in the 1860s, Hearts was a wonderful and economical place to, sh- to shop. I get it's like Target, Karen. That's what I'm kind of getting the feel. Oh, Karen knows Target. Target. Karen, I got a I question do. for you now. If you're going to sit in here, now oh, no. you went you went to college, correct? And uh, uh, did you ever take economics? <laughs> Did you ever Don't take an economics Karen. class, Karen? 
I am not going to answer that question. Smart I'm move. Take the advice of the attorney yeah, on the show. Move. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's uh, okay. So I know how you got your grades now. Well, you would answer. So go <laughs> ahead. Never mind now. I did take a lot of criminal justice classes, so I know how to kill someone and do away do with the body. You know how to kill so a podcast that. host because <laughs> that is an important skill to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is part of a good skill set. So I there's a reason why I pick spies. You know, it's something I'm familiar with. No, I was just so. trying to compare the two. You know, compare Brandy to yeah, our new host. Yeah, don't let's not do that. No, did you play not, softball in college? Did you play softball in college? I did not. Okay, so that's roll, okay. Roll we're just trying to get a feel for. We're trying to get it. Well, let's not rule it out yet, Timmy. <laughs> let's get some things. We're just trying to get a feel for who you did are. Did you wear comfortable no shoes? Karen, a person. Did you have Birkenstocks, Karen? <laughs> the store. I did not have Birkenstocks. No. Okay. Yes. Moving forward. <laughs> the store was wide open, spacious, and two stories, Colonel. So, you know, you probably had your men's wear on one floor, your ladies' wear, you know, your unmentionables on another. Appliances up Appliances, on the third. Appliances, yeah. Yeah, clearance over in the corner. Uh-huh. Hearts was open uh, by Leopold Hart. There you go. There you go, Karen. Leopold Hart. Leopold. Yeah. Okay. There Alana. we go. It was yeah. Leopold uh, in 1866 and has been in that same location ever since. His son, Leopold's son, was Alex, who took over the store when his father passed oh. on. Means he died, basically. Okay. Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. He continued to be successful and became a respected and active member of the community, much like the colonel here. Yes, yeah. Alex yeah. dreamed of the day when he, his own son, uh, that would be Brooke, would inherit the business that his father gave him. And in 1911, uh, Alex had a son and named him Brooke uh, after his mother. <laughs> well, that's a stupid oh. name. <laughs> there you go. There ain't nothing like being that, named after your mother to make life hard <laughs> right? for you, Timmy. This guy, you'll see this yeah. guy, too. I'll post a picture of him. He's, he's got wavy uh, blonde hair. Uh, so he looked, Colonel, like, uh, you know, people might question his, maybe his sexuality. But I don't know that. He, he looked like his mother. Yes, he looked like his, his namesake. There you go. That's a, that's a nicer yes, way to put it. Brooke mm-hmm. Jr. Yeah, there you go. When Brooke was a little boy... His father began to train him in the retail business. <laughs> Are you getting the sense here? That's funny to me too. Uh, Karen, that uh, we've got a second generation type of deal here where the, there's this kid is going to inherit yeah, the I, store. I've kind of, yeah, I wanted yeah. to stress I, that. I smell, yeah. I, right, yeah, I smell Thank what you. you're stepping Thank in. Thank you. Yeah, I got Brooke it. was a mm-hmm. stock boy yeah. uh, while he was still in grammar school. So that's the way to raise kids yeah, right there. Yeah, putting him out, making, you know, you know, just, him out there, mm-hmm. you know, stocking the shelves. So, right. Sounds like some kind that's of... That's my parenting style. All of mm-hmm. a twist yeah. shit to me. <laughs> it's all labor laws no. that come into effect here. Yeah. He became mm-hmm. a cashier. Yeah, I think that's, that's just good parenting. He became a mm-hmm. cashier, a bookkeeper, and later a sales clerk, Colonel. <laughs> like a nine-year-old bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Had a little green hat on. He worked his way from the ground up. So good for Brooke. Now, he entered, Brooke entered yeah. Santa Clara University in 1929, and he excelled as a student and in sports, particularly tennis. Oh, yeah, tennis player, Colonel. Well, of course. 
Of course he in tennis. He wasn't going to be no football player named Brooke. <laughs> right. Now coming in his middle linebacker, Brooke. Brickhart. No, it just ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Just 18 years old, Brooke was handsome. Was a handsome young man, Colonel. Well, he was, he's damn near six foot tall. He was happy he was right. gay, Colonel. He was. He was happy and gay, Timmy. He stood almost six foot tall with a trim build of an athlete, Karen. He had wavy Mm -hmm. blonde hair and deep blue eyes. Made him especially attractive to the single gay men in the area and the single girls. (laughs) The single girls in San Jose. As he was considered, uh, Colonel, much like yourself, well, you was at one point, the city's most desirable bachelor. You had that moniker for a I, while, Colonel. I well, mm. I still do actually. Well, you're not a bachelor, yeah, but I don't tell people that. To me. <laughs> I see. I see. Brooke had a friendly, uh, mischievous personality, and he was well liked. In other words, Colonel, I guess they're saying he's gay. I don't know that, but it sounds like what, it sounds like what they're saying. I feel like there's I feel like there's quotation marks around <laughs> mischievous. Yeah. yeah. We're not. I mean, we're not saying Brooke was no, gay. No, we, we, we. It's just a question that could be asked. <laughs> right. It's always, always, oh, do I have? Well, I mean, you know, he's 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 plays tennis, Colonel, which is not the most manliest sport. It's not the manliest of sports. Right. No. No. Well, I mean, aren't most tall, blonde, blue-eyed men with an Really great athletic build, yeah. gay. And I mean, I mean he's not far. Colonel, he's not far from San Francisco. It's nearby, right? Right. He's got wavy hair. That wavy hair, man. That's you might as well. Just That's say, a giveaway. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a dead giveaway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you got wavy and hair. You might as well just I say, mean, "I want to suck a dick, Colonel," because that's basically. <laughs> oh my god. That's basically what wavy hair means, right, Colonel? <laughs> well, I'm not really sure because when I was young, I had wavy hair to me, so I'm. I'm, there's a certain cutoff. I point see. It didn't apply to you, out. but right. Well, and I'm only five foot ten. I see. But anyway, he, we don't know he was gay. He might have been straight. We don't know. We don't know. We're just. We're just. We, <laughs> well, his hair right, wasn't. Right, right. Good point. We do know that. Good point. So you're you're basically Karen. Yep. You're saying there's a chance that Brooke may be homosexual. Not I'm that saying we, Brooke we had love hair. we love our gay brothers and sisters. Just that. We're stereotyping to a bit. Well, you are, basically. You're saying he's got wavy hair. He's Karen gay. is, yeah. Karen is. Karen is, yeah. I, I'm known yeah. for that. I, yeah, I stereotype. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. That's what I do. <laughs> Very controversial. You are, you are. Now, just about everyone. So does this seem. Mm-hmm. Yes, Colonel. Does this seem like a, a, a young man, Karen, that you're, you're thinking, ooh, if I was 20 years old and he wasn't, you know, he was, he was. Into women. Is he no. a man you think I could turn him? I could turn him. Just give me a six pack no. and the back no. of a pickup truck. I never truck. liked pretty boys. I was never, I always liked people with character that were interesting and I never really went for the good so, she So, I like mean, you, I, Colonel, for I example. Of, I mean, you're, in, <laughs> you're interesting. I'm not really. Yeah, but she, I'm not really sure about that. Not I don't really like the good-looking part. I'm not really. Well, I mean, I like. So what you're saying I like is the guy with a good pun game. That was what if they if they had really great wordplay, just leave that alone. Then I appreciated them. That's so. You're, so you're telling and us I said you word like someone play. who is word. who who 
or is good with words, let's say. I see. Yeah. Phone yeah. sex I is like what I'm taking from this, link- Colonel, but <laughs> that's no, what no, I'm getting no. at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good linguistic ability. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, Tim, <laughs> Timmy is the Mickey Mantle. I've been known for my, I, I've been known for yeah. my, uh, I don't, I, I can't even describe Linguistic, it. Yeah, I linguistic can't even, I can't talents. I think of a word yeah. that describes mm-hmm. it, but, but, but I've been known for okay. that. Anyway. Yeah, uh, really? <laughs> Alex Hart uh, was known throughout the community because everyone shopped at Hart's, right? And young Brooke, he he was also known for his he linguistic talent. And his wavy hair, which Karen, Karen mm-hmm. stereotypes as gay. Not that the Colonel and I would do that. No. But <laughs> no. No, we don't make those generalizations. No, but uh, mm-hmm. the 60,000 people who shopped at Hearts were very we- aware of Brooke because, you know, he worked there as an accountant when he was nine. So they knew him. They knew him. <laughs> and he was he very was. mischievous. He was very mischievous. So he was like jumping out at people. How can I help oh, yeah, you? He's probably ah, annoying. Like that. Yeah. 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 Um, you think he wore, Colonel, you think he wore his sweater over his shoulder, wrapped over his shoulder? Um, yeah. Just tied around with the arms, uh-huh. tied around in a little thing like that. Yeah. Oh, sure he did. I think he was the type to wear an ascot and have a man oh, yeah, bun. Probably, oh, yeah. Yeah. Until he yeah. was doing his accounting, and then he rolled up his sleeves and put his little green visor on. Oh, he had on, his visor on, didn't he? Right, and, and glasses. And glasses, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Then he was all serious. Right. Yeah. On the evening yeah. of November the 9th, 1933, uh, Alex, the, the owner, father, was due to attend a dinner meeting with the Chamber of Commerce, his Chamber of Commerce friends at the San Jose Country Club. Of course, Colonel, you have a lot. You're in the Chamber of Commerce here locally. Uh, I am, and I'm a member of a few country clubs, Timmy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, these things are not always fun. You know, you say you're going to a dinner at a country club. It's just not. You're you're known. It's not as fun as people make it out. You're very active in the community. Until you get there. Until I get there, yeah. Until you get there. Right. Then, yeah. The function was set for 6 p.m. Alex made uh, made plans for Brooke to leave work early, walk over to the nearby garage, the one that was across the street, get the car, family car, and drive him to the club which was only a short distance away. Well, why didn't he fucking walk? That's what I want to know, Colonel. Yeah, Brooke was a goddamn valet, too. <laughs> he was. He learned everything from you the ground. You think he wore a little Brooke probably uh, didn't even have chauffeur's license. hat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kid had to just change uniforms all the time. At 5.55, this is five minutes before this uh, dinner was going to start, Brooke uh, told his father he would be right back. He walked, uh, walked out onto Market Street toward the parking garage where his Studebaker was parked. Oh, you know he got the ladies with the Studebaker, Colonel. Oh, yeah. You can't. Studebaker, you just, back in those days, they was petticoat you can't droppers spare, to me. You can't spell Studebaker <laughs> without stud, Karen. That's right, Timmy. Uh. <laughs> it was the last moment that Alex Hart would ever see his son alive. Well, that's pretty goddamn horrific. Yeah, that's sad. We've been we've been mocking the poor. Well, never mind then. Let's talk about the. I take everything back I said about poor broken kidnapper, shall we? For a minute, and then we'll get back to what happens with. Yes, we will. John Jack Holmes, Colonel. I've never understood why Jack was a nickname. You know, I can't understand why uh, Dick was a nickname for Richie. If you're Richie, you well, shouldn't. Yeah, be, I mean, I, don't know. I mean, if you're Richie, maybe if you're Richie, right. you're a dick, Colonel. I don't know. 
you're automatically a dick. I'm Charles, and somehow they got Chuck out of that. Yeah, so it's messed up. I don't know how the hell that shit works. But anyway, John Holmes, of course, uh, your good friend, Colonel, was born in Los Angeles. You know, at uh, your good friend Leanne, she says Los Angeles. That's annoying. Los Angeles. Yeah. Does she say it with that funny yeah, accent? Tell, to me? tell her, Colonel. So she's. If, I'm sure she's listening. Tell her how to properly pronounce the city in Southern California. It is pronounced Los Angeles. Thank you, Colonel. It is not pronounced Los Angeles. No, she says well, Los Angeles. Los, Los Angeles. Yes. You know how she pronounces. I you know how she know. pronounces Kentucky. Kentucky. How's that? Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Let's go to Kentucky, Timmy. <laughs> And you know She's what? She's a lovely person, she should have she a, really needs to work she, on her English. They're not very good at the English language over there, Colonel. <laughs> they're, they're not at all. And it surprises me. And she, first of all, with a name like Flanagan, and you know this has been my protest all along, she should have Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, when I when I first met her and she had the English accent, I was all thrown because it's like you have a, uh, oh, you yeah. have a, She's an a, Irish she name. Irish. But, you know, you think... The language is named after their country. You think that they could master it, but they, they can't. They screw it up. They, they're they still struggling with it over there, Timmy. Anyway, Jack, uh, or John Holmes, was born in Los Angeles on March 20th, 1904. So you know, Karen, his uh, mother was pregnant during the holidays. Have you been pregnant during the holidays, Karen? I've never oh, been okay. pregnant. I have three children. Okay, but I've never so, been pregnant, so I have not been pregnant. So you have So you cannot relate to Jack Holmes's right. poor mother who was pregnant. Well, I, unless she, no, I unless she, he was born at three months old, uh, which I would think mm-hmm. would be rare, Colonel. It'd be rare, pretty rare, yeah. yeah. But anyway, when he was eleven, John uh, Holmes, his family moved to San Jose, where his father opened a tailor shop in downtown. He worked hard and soon became a proud member of the city's business community. So, you know, he's sort so, of like a young Brooke, except he's not gay. Because, you know, anyone right, named yeah. John Holmes, they're not gay, Colonel. Well, I don't know. Now, I've heard that John Holmes did some shady stuff back in, the, in the, his career when he was addicted to the crack, Timmy. Well, that's true. But, you know, John Holmes, this isn't the John Holmes, the porn star, but... We have a lot in common this isn't with the one, him. This isn't the John Holmes you're thinking no, because about, because we have a lot of common with that John Holmes. Oh, my Holmes, God. Karen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, Karen, try to stick with the script, because as soon as John Holmes came up, Karen got three more Internet windows open <laughs> over here. With like, I oh, don't I, even know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's okay. You really don't know what um, we're talking jo- about? John Holmes I really is a don't famous, know. famous porn star who had a very um, – he was very well endowed. Yes. Extremely okay. well endowed, uh, but th- that's not. That's this, interesting that you two are so familiar not this with John it, Holmes. With it's him. a that's it's a different John Holmes. Mm. But he was also in Los Angeles, as we would say. But as a teenager, this John Holmes, or we call him Jacked, so we won't confuse people. Because Colonel, you know our listeners; they're all over the other John Holmes, right? Well, you know we Michelle Johns is uh, searching uh, the internet for John Holmes photos right now. Timmy, as soon as we said John Holmes, we lost half the <laughs> listeners, and they're on Pornhub right now. Yes. So, uh, Okay, so as a teenager, this John Holmes, we're going to call him Jack, attended uh, San Jose High School. Well, that makes sense. 
Uh, he was he was uh, he was a teenager, and he lived in San Jose. So it makes sense, uh, Karen, that he attended SJHS, as we yes, it called does. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he excelled as a football star. Now, see, this is a man, Colonel. See, that's yeah. how you know, right? He's yeah, okay. yeah. He's not. <laughs> he was a big boy, Colonel, over six foot tall, and he knew how to take care of himself, as yes. most men do. And see, that means he wasn't gay, Colonel. Mm-hmm. After an argument, how, how do how do huh? hold on? What as most men do? What does that? I don't even know what that means. Most men know how to take care of themselves. She obviously don't know. See, right. finally, we have a woman on here that's going to give us some validation. Yes. Timmy, some self self care. Uh, yeah, you know, Brandy was yeah. not always good at that. That wasn't one of her strong suits. No, not at all. I don't know. All. I thought she was very nurturing. I think Brandy's Brandy very incredibly very nurturing. Nur- Brandy was about mm-hmm. as nurturing as Have you ever listened to the show, uh, Bur- Karen? Yeah. I have. Yeah. No, it's she. It's tough love. She's trying to make hmm. you better people. Okay, that. you're mm-hmm. you're an oaky, Karen. You're out from there in the, in the farmlands or but wherever they Nebraska, grow Karen. the crops. I I live well. I live in Nebraska now that um, everybody who listens <laughs> knows that. But um, it's a big I, state. You're right. I'm I. I'm from a combination of I like a part of my childhood was spent in Oklahoma and the other half was Florida. So <laughs> uh, that basically means yeah, I'm screwed. You're, you're so like the yeah. Definition mm-hmm. of everyone we make fun right. of. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So you I know am. when they get the corn at the end of the year, you know that big machine so, that comes in just mows everything down, Karen? The harvester? The thrasher. Yeah. The thrasher. Okay. That's about mm-hmm. how nurturing Brandy was. Hmm. Brandy nurtured us much like a thrasher nurtures the corn. Well, you know what? It causes the corn to grow back the next year. So, so do you, Karen, do you know how to pick oranges and corn since you're in Florida? Well, there's, there's a cornfield in my backyard right now. <laughs> so um, I don't I, I do so we could go out to her place to and we could make a baseball field, Diamond Colonel. We could. Hey, tell to me about your days as a carny, Karen. You were a carny. Did you did you did was, you do the ring talk? Did you have like one of those little uh, smocks where you? No, I I no, I was um, with a couple of other people. I was part of the like we headed up the children's uh-huh. exhibit of the California State Fair a long time ago, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, it they wanted to have like. Uh, Oklahoma type stuff so they had like a cowboy poet and they had where you could ride a mechanical bull I was in charge of the mechanical bull section why does that not surprise me (laughs) the corn shucking station where kids would shuck corn and then grind it in a mill and there was this one little boy that um was talking to his corn the whole time he was like hello Mr. Corn I'm whatever his name was and we're gonna have fun today and I was like oh look at that little imaginative kid and so he's hey, you know Colonel, just playing with his corn about? and all of a sudden I ain't got a goddamn idea <laughs> okay, okay you're, you were no you were I'm hasty, telling you a story let me ask you Karen no how do they make those final I, I cakes was, uh, because that's what we want to know <laughs> I didn't do that part no 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 I was telling you a story then the little boy took the corn to the mill uh-huh. part and he started grinding it and he was like die die that was a little disturbing so I also got to play poker at night in the camel section, like with with the with the guys that own the camels. They have camels and so, in like, the, I was just the, hanging the, out at the, night. In, in the yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, no, it was the fair. It was a state fair. It was really big. So, so were they Arab? I wasn't technically a carny. No, they were not. They were from Minnesota. Do you know, <laughs> Karen, here's some history for you. That during the Civil War, they wanted to bring camels over to, uh, for the Union troops to use. That's interesting. Camels are wretched but they creatures. Can, they can, they can survive a long time without, without water. Yeah. They can, but they're very, very rude. But it was very fun because we got to ride the rides after. Did you ride you know, the Scrambler? The, all the rides there. Because um, that's my favorite ride. And Roundup, no, when you stand up. And but I did almost die one time in a Scrambler. Okay. The, um, Have you listened the, to the, the show before, Karen? <clears throat> <laughs> yes. The part on the show where people tell endless stories that go nowhere, that's kind of mm-hmm. my job. You know, I had a point to my story. Well, I just you want to know about funnel cakes. It. So you don't know how they're... They, you don't know, <laughs> you don't how know they anything. Funnel cakes. You couldn't... Like, you could not... Could you go make a funnel cake right now if, you know, if you were put on she the could spot? Make you a, no. a, she could make you a, an unleavened funnel cake to hmm. me. She well, that's fascinating, that. Karen. I, how long were you a carny? It was for one summer. Okay. Well, did you put that on your, you put that on your resume? Mm-hmm. Did, really no. did you run away from home to do that, Karen? No, but I did have one of the most romantic evenings With I've ever carny? had in my life. So there's that. Uh, no. <laughs> it, well, I mean, he was there working the okay, fair so with me. Carny, so, well, he was yeah. a carny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a car- That's the definition of a Someone carny. Someone who works Karen. at a carnival. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Are you wow. going to give us details of this romantic moment, Karen? I will just say that it's very, very nice. Did he did he operate the ring toss? To go on a date. Because those guys <laughs> in the ring toss, they're really good. I mean I've heard I've heard stories, Colonel. Yeah. It was very innocent and very romantic. Hmm. So it's just very romantic to be walking around and eating funnel cake. You know, just having a snow cone. Interesting conversations as the hey, lights. Wait a minute, are going you had an interesting conversation one, with a carny? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well. Oh, he wasn't a car. His family owned a business, and they were they had a a store there at the the fair, and they were kind of a wealthy family. He was it was like it was I don't know. He was probably lying to me, but he told me all kinds of really cool things. So yeah, he was, lying. was fun. Yeah, he was lying. Oh, he was lying. Mm-hmm. He was lying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it was it was. It, don't don't was burst magical, her so no, she's, it's, it's important. Right. It was an yeah. important moment to her. Just you know, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was like a movie. It's kind of cool. Movie, like it, the whole time that you was walking around and you was having these magical moments, <laughs> he was picturing you naked, Karen. Just, uh, I don't want to ruin it for you, but that's, I'm just That's where you, that's it was going in was his looking. mind. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I'm sure in your well, mind it, it was, was just more in his pure, mind, so. but in his mind, he oh, was, was thinking yeah. about, you know, going into the haystack or whatever you guys do out there in Nebraska. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever it does. <laughs> Hmm. Well, so that's how guys that think. That didn't happen. Uh, just that's to be how, clear, that's how men think. Especially carnies. Carnies, you can't trust. How do you carnies. know that? Have you been a carny? No, but you know, I I helped set up a carnival before, so I guess maybe you know, like a temporary carny. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was. It was. You know, I got free tickets. You know, I got. That's it was. Something. It wasn't much. You know, it was kind of a. I think it was a legal labor practice myself, but, you know, I was 11. <laughs> like so. this poor bro. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Hart family, right? So, oh, no, Jack Holmes. So, Jack Holmes, John Holmes, no, right. his family, much like 
much like the Hart family, right? John Holmes was growing up to be take over his father's business. As a teenager, as I said, he was a football star. He was big. He was rough, tough. Um, he was uh, somewhat ambitious. After high school, he got a job. Uh, well, he got kicked out of high school, actually. for He got in a fight with his teacher. And uh, he got kicked out of high school. And he got a job in an electronics store. And by the time he was... Didn't... Huh? didn't Colonel, didn't you tell me a story once about you getting in a fight with your teacher? Uh, it didn't end up in physical blows. He just he just said that he thought he could <clears throat> he could do he he thought he he thought if me and him went to the parking lot that he would he would get the better of me. And mm. I said, "Well, I got time." But he didn't. He just sent me to the office and I had to, you know, straighten up a little bit. Oh, well, it was a health okay. teacher. So he, you know how those health teachers are, Timmy. Yes. They don't really have teaching degrees. They just, <laughs> it's somebody's parents that they send in there. And they, That's, they can't so teach he, anything he, else, so they make him a health. <clears throat> yeah, he was a football coach, yeah. and they made him a health teacher. And he oh. he didn't like me for some reason, but. Did you have the, well, uh, the lesbian gym know. teacher when you were in high school? Uh, I did. I actually did when I was in elementary school. Mrs. Seema, if you're listening, <laughs> we, she turned out to be a lesbian, <laughs> and we all knew it. It was the first time we was trying to figure it out in the fifth grade, to mm-hmm. me, You're trying to figure out, this pretty woman doesn't seem to like because I knew when she didn't like me, even in the fifth grade, there was something going on there to me. Yeah, something's not right. Even in not... the fifth grade, I was able to hold sway over women. Mm. And when I had no influence on her, I knew there's something, there's something, something was a miss, molecular uh, yeah. level going on here. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that was my first encounter with one to mm. me. So by the time... I learned to spot them quickly. <laughs> by the time... That Jack uh, was 20, he married a local girl and settled down to married life. Well, that's good. Jack is settling down. Uh, He had an outgoing personality and made friends easy. By 1928, he worked at a gas station where uh, locals thought... uh, Oh, he worked at a gas station where he uh, met local toughs and petty criminals, Colonel. They would stop by the gas yeah. station, and he would become familiar with them, and he would talk to them. He'd become friends with these uh, Narity Wells, Karen. Uh, he oh, soon became fascinated with these outlaws, and um, he saw them to have, he saw that they had, a, he thought they had exciting lives. So he, um, he started dreaming about committing the perfect crime himself, but he kept these thoughts mm. to himself. Uh, and he was never arrested or charged with any crimes, but he fa- would fantasize about becoming a criminal. In 1932, while he was he worked as a salesman for an oil company, he, he did. had a he lot of jobs. Keep a job, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. Well, he went yeah. from the gas station attendant to sell, a salesman for the oil company, so you know he had something going on. But he still made a, a scheduled stop to that gas station where he used to work. And often ran into, you know, his uh, buddies in the uh, criminal world, the criminal elements. What the hell is the deal with I this gas it station? It must be a magnet for the Nerdy Wells. It was a local like, hangout for thugs. It Tim, sounds every like every place it, yeah. has got one. 
Yeah, they didn't have a pool hall in town, Timmy, so they had to go to the gas station. Is that like in small towns where everybody hangs out in the Walmart yes. parking lot? Or is that just an Oklahoma thing? Uh, is I, that it probably just... depends. I guess you probably, yeah, uh, Walmart's a pretty popular place, I think. In small, you know, in small towns. Okay, okay. They, I know. They sell everything. Yeah, right? like all the kids hang out. <laughs> well, no, all the kids would hang out at the Walmart parking lot or Sonic. That's what they did, so. See, I only know about small towns from John Cougar Mellencamp, so I, I thought they hung <laughs> out at the Dairy Queen. Tasty freeze, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. They didn't really have those. So, well, I mean, the Tasty Freeze was part of the come and go. Wait, wait, okay, I get that That's song the gas confused. Station. I get that <laughs> song confused with the song he did about BDSM. Uh, Hurt So Good. <laughs> Which one is that? Hurt So Good. Hurt So Good, yeah. 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 Uh, Why does he keep hmm. changing his name for? I want to know. I like John Cougar better. He shortens it. Yeah, I like John Cougar better. I like John Cougar. He shortened it and lengthened it and shortened it back. That's weird. Can't make up his mind. Do you think his middle name really was Cougar? I think that's his real name, isn't it? No, it wasn't Cougar. It was a made-up name. No, Mellencamp is his his real name, right? Yeah, Mellencamp. Yeah. Well, I I can see why he wants to go with Cougar over Mellencamp. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty, yeah, that's Dorky a pretty name. hardcore yeah. name. I like that, yeah. All right, so uh, he started coming. You're only, you're actually, you know, you're only about, what, two weeks away from being called Karen the Cougar yourself. <laughs> okay, Timmy, you were, you were moving yes, forward, yes. I believe, right? Uh, so, okay, yeah, let's so do that. Yeah, so he kept coming, even though when he left his job, right? <laughs> he left his job as a... Uh, as a gas station attendant, he took a job as a salesman for the oil company where he, you know, he was networking there. It sounds like, uh, he would still come back to the gas station to hang out with the ruffians. And he met a young man by the name of Thomas Harold Thurman, who went by Harold. Uh, the two men, I would have went. Why, why would you pick Harold out of Thomas Harold? Right. Or Tommy or Tom, anything but Harold, but okay. Or Harry. Harry? The right. two men quickly become friends. Uh, though they were different in personality and temperament, they shared a common bond. They both liked to make money. Well, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. I yeah, like money, too. though. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Harold was yeah, born on a right. farm yeah. in 1906 and moved to San Jose with his family when he was 11. He dropped out of high school to become a, a gas station attendant. Colonel, there's a lesson for you. He worked a series of low-paying jobs in and around San Jose. So Harold now is hooked up with uh, John Now we got these two ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, they're hooked up. Creating a little bit of a negative synergy about the town, Timmy. Well, Jack wasn't. Jack, like, made himself Well, but he's fascinated. Jack or John, Jack or John, he was fascinated Mm -hmm. with the criminals, and he wanted to to uh, to, uh, commit the perfect crime, and now he's got this uh, guy, Harold, who's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. he's this little, uh, you know, he's his protege. So, so. if you want to if you want to commit the perfect crime, that's some shit you want to keep to yourself. You can have. the Yeah, fantasy, but, you know, this reminds me of Leopold and Loeb. It does. You know? Yeah. Except they're not you know, well, rich, really. But, you know, one was kind of the brains and the other one just kind of followed along. Kind of, yeah, kind of went along. Yeah. Hey, I'm familiar you with that. Yeah, we did a podcast on it. No, I'm familiar with 
No, yeah, I, I remember that. But no, I'm familiar with being the brains and having someone just <laughs> yeah. follow along. You, you're fr- you know what it's like to carry someone is mm-hmm. what you're saying. You know, I do. You're, yeah. you're about three <laughs> comments away from going into the same rehabilitation center that Brandy's in. You know that, right? Mm. Well, is it, yes. is it my turn Please now? Please tell us what happens next okay. with these two okay. young men. Well, the Thurman family was well known, and all of Harold's five sisters either married well, because if you're going to marry, you should marry well, or obtained well, good, good jobs. Them. Harold was the Harold was the exception in the family. <laughs> so he's the loser of the family is what you're trying to say, Karen. You're trying to say it nicely, he's, but he was a loser. Let's, let's, he's the exception. Let's, it, he, was, he was considered somewhat yeah, of a he's disappointment. A loser. Not a complete loser. disappointment, but somewhat. <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling all too well to me. <laughs> <laughs> Though he frequently hung out with San Jose's criminal element, like Holmes, He'd never actually been arrested. So he would be a would-be so. criminal. Yeah. Right. He's a wannabe. Right. But together, wannabe. together, Thurmond and Holmes, that sounds like a, a TV show or something. Sounds Thurmond like a long law firm there. Yeah. They decided to try to make some fast, fast money. money. So That's the fast best money, kind. Yeah. Using Holmes's inside information on the oil company... They planned the abduction of a courier who worked for the Union Oil Company. That's a good plan. So, on September 25th, 1933, they kidnapped and robbed the employee because one or the other isn't good enough. They had to do both. The victim was released unharmed, and the two men split $716. (laughs) Which, you know, during the Depression, Depression, that was pretty significant. How much right. would they get each, Colonel, yeah. real quick, off the top of your head? Oh, that'd be $358, Timmy. I'm like the goddamn Rain Man over <laughs> you here. You kind of are. You're like, you're like uh, what was that guy in a wheelchair? Yeah, you're just like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Stephen Hawking? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess he's not just anymore. Just don't ask me to do the math. What do you think they did with this wheelchair, Colonel? Do you think they sold it after he died? I think they probably did. Yeah, they probably got a good price for it, yeah, I would like think. Like a garage sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Karen, Karen, Barely you one month later. Family here. <laughs> super excited. Okay. So one month later, on October 23rd, Thurmond and Holmes robbed a shell oil company, um, the messenger. Colonel, the you think they put his wheelchair on Facebook? Uh, you know, the little stores that they have on Facebook? Yeah, you know, buy Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. You know, and really don't, and, you know, don't we talk about? Okay, well, these guys made off with seven hundred dollars. Oh, they got seven hundred more again, dollars. Again, they did. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. And this hold time, hold on for one also, second. Let me do some stuff in my head here, Karen. The victim wasn't not hurt. The not, that's, not. that's like fourteen thousand dollars in today's money. Really. <laughs> $14,000, yeah. Okay. All right. They're doing well, Karen. Well, the, the victim was not hurt, but Holmes had not one, just one, of his fantasies. He had gotten away with the perfect you know, my crime. Fantasy I don't know has if that's nothing really the perfect crime. Kidnapping someone. Well, I shouldn't say that. Has nothing to do with $700. <laughs> Kidnapping may or may not be involved, well, girl. <laughs> was and, yeah, I got a fantasy, Timmy. I got a fantasy. Okay, he had gotten away with the perfect crime twice. Mm-hmm. 
right? We so let you it tell was time Carney's to move story. on you, you seem to, to be bigger and off. better how things. Much, Karen, how much do you think they got for Stephen Hawking's wheelchair on Facebook? Um, I'm going to go with it. It's somewhere around hmm. $700. Well, I mean, you think it'd be mm-hmm. worth it. I mean, it's, it's rarely, it was rarely used, Colonel. I mean, most of the time he just stayed in bed. He was a lazy fucker. The son of a bitch was like a NASA thing, though. I mean, the whole the whole thing was um, the whole wheelchair thing. Did you ever see his wheelchair uh, set up there? Right. What does it do? I mean, does it have like turbos or? I mean, All he had to do was blink his eyes, and it would like. Oh turn yeah, he right got more than seven hundred dollars out of that, I would think. Yeah, hmm. I'd like to have okay, that. Okay, well, thing. after they they had gotten away with their kidnappings twice. Um, they they put their attention on Brooke Hart. Mm. Now his so. Vespa didn't get much use. <laughs> that that came. So go ahead. Jack you know else didn't get much and use Harold his tennis rackets. They really didn't. <laughs> no, it did not. His no, it did not. Well, they decided to kidnap Brooke Hart for a handsome payday. You know, the jump roads hardly where they were used, Colonel. I feel like you're doing this to me on purpose. Okay. On November 9th, 1933, after walking 30 minutes, or not walking, he was waiting. Excuse me. After waiting 30 minutes for his son to return, we're going back to the Hart family now. Alex Hart grew very nervous. His skis were like, yeah. He knew that if... Yeah, oh, he had... And he had five minutes. He had a... You know he was getting irritated because he had five minutes to get to the Chamber of Commerce meetings. And if you show up oh, late, you know, oh, everybody's yeah. they, talking you know, about they, you. They start talking about right. you if you're not there. Mm-hmm. Well, and right, then exactly. you got to get one of those little, you know, one of those little stickers you put on your shirt. But you can't find a pen, you know, because mm-hmm. they've already put that stuff up. So right. you got to write right. your name on your arm so people know who you are. Right. I'll tell well, you, the father. Alex- I'll tell you what I got a good deal on Timmy was his karaoke machine, <laughs> Stephen Hawking's karaoke machine. You know, me and my brother, we was up late one night, and uh... <laughs> yes, girl, please go ahead. Mike and let's laugh. Oh my gosh! Hot. <laughs> Too hot at me. So oh, glad you guys me asked to do me to be a part of this now. The legend lives on. Have you ever heard, oh, okay, Colonel, okay. Have you heard I'm... Stephen Hawking sing uh, The Greatest Love of All? <laughs> yeah. The greatest oh, love Okay, of... well, <laughs> while Alex Hart was getting very nervous, he knew that if the car broke down or it had a flat tire, Brooke would have just walked back to the store to let his father know the trouble. Also, Alex was aware that Brooke had another appointment to make at 6.30. He would never, ever leave his father standing in front well, of the store see, I don't without get this. notifying his son just walked him across that he would the be street. delayed. I mean, what, his, if he right. doesn't come back, if, uh, uh, Colonel. Uh, should have just go to you, check on you think? him. Colonel, if you were waiting for Logan, like Logan said, I'm going to run across the street and get the car, and he never comes back, would you continue on to your meeting, or would you say, maybe I need to check on Logan? <laughs> Well, no, you have to know Logan because I just say fucking Logan and call me an Uber. <laughs> Be like the motherfucker right across the street. I knew he'd gonna fuck this up somehow. You know, one, one time, Timmy, uh, <clears throat> just a short aside, if I could go on. Um, they had to rush my mother-in-law to the hospital. Okay, mm-hmm. and I told 
they called the school and told the boys to get on the bus because their mother could not bring, pick them up, right? Mm-hmm. Now, my boys are sitting in the same class behind each other. And they go in, and the security guard comes in, and he pulls Tanner out in the hall, and he says, look, you need to get on the bus today, you and your brother. You need to get on the bus today because your mother cannot pick you up. And Tanner goes back in, sits down. So later that day, I get a call from Taylor saying, no one has picked me up. And I said, well, didn't they tell you? And he said, I don't know. So Tanner did not relay the message on to Taylor, Mm -hmm. who was sitting right behind him in class. (laughs) Nor did Taylor ever ask why the security guard pulled Tanner out of class. He was not curious. To talk to him. No, they just went about. And here was the thing to me. I said, you know what? This is so simple. But here's the thing. I knew you two were going to fuck it up. <laughs> I knew you would fuck it up. It was that easy and I knew you were going to fuck it up. So that's probably how Mr. Hart felt. It was a simple chore. But you know what? Brooke's going to fuck it up. Colonel, what about uh, Stephen Hawking singing... Love Shack by the V fifty twos. Love Shack, it's a love Shack. Alex. Now before the before these people other... complain, I had a dear brother die of the same disease as Stephen Hawking has. So before you complain to me, I know firsthand the pain of this disease. So don't yell at me for mocking because I'm because not mocking. Because until they walk a mile in Stephen Hawking's shoes. They would be the. F- oh my God! They would be the first. I got a good deal on this. The, the first person to walk a mile in Stephen Hawking's shoes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I hey, used to, hey, it's hey. not. How about Stephen Hawking yeah. singing well, "I Want to Dance with Somebody"? <laughs> okay. He assumed his son had other business, and so Alex left the store and got a ride to the meeting, which is really odd that he didn't check on his kid. But afterwards, when he discovered Brooke had never arrived home, Alex notified the police that his son had disappeared. For the next few hours, the family's concern grew as it was apparent that no one, not even Brooke's closest friends, knew where Brooke mm-hmm. was. So Brooke about- is gone at this point. Colonel, yes. what about Stephen Hawking yes, singing Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John? And <laughs> Hold on. I, I will remember that. Continue, Karen, please. This is silly. (laughs) At about about 9.45 that evening, the phone rang at the Hart's residence. Brooke's sister, Elise, 18, Hmm. took the call. A man told her that Brooke had been... Oh, yeah, she was. Okay, well, a man told her that Brooke had been taken and was being held for Hmm. ransom. The caller demanded forty thousand dollars in cash. Forty thousand dollars. He said, "He was like Doctor Evil." Yeah. Further instructions would follow. If the police were notified, he added, "Brooke would be killed." They always say that. They always. They say always that. Yeah. Colonel, uh, what this about Stephen creative. Hawking singing "You Got to Fight for Your Right to Party" by the Beastie Boys? <laughs> You know, I'm going to tell you something that I didn't like about Stephen Hawking, first of all, Timmy, is because he would hang out with all these scientists, right? But he couldn't really talk and he couldn't really communicate. 
And he would hear everything they say. And then he'd run back and write a book about it, right? Uh-huh. Now, who is going to say, that son of a bitch in a wheelchair stole my idea? Right. They, it, it would make See, it look I don't bad think there, Stephen Hawking came up what, with any of this saying. stuff. Would make yeah, these look. guys well, were just, just offensive. I think Stephen Hawking was, he was probably, you know, smarter than the average bear. But I don't think Possibly. all those ideas were his. Colonel, what, what would he I sound he like singing him. Baby Got Back? <laughs> I don't know okay. that song. So Alex Hart called the San Jose police chief okay. John Black. He notified San Francisco of the kidnapping, and they put out an all-points bulletin for Brooks Green. Green 1932 Studebaker Roadster. The FBI, which was then known as the Department of Justice, installed phone recording devices in the Hart home and notified the phone company to be ready to trace future phone calls. An agent was also placed inside the residence to monitor developments. Later that night, an employee... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Employee of Hearts found Brooks Studebaker abandoned in the hills north of San Jose. That's not looking good, Carrie. The lights were not on. Good. Sounds nefarious no, here. No. The lights were on, but there was no sign of Brooke. Mm. Lights were on, but on ain't Saturday, nobody home. On Saturday, Brooks' wallet was found on the railing of a ship that had been in San Francisco Bay refueling the Lurleen, an ocean cruiser headed for Mexico. Speculation grew that Brooke was being held captive on board. The Alameda County Police and FBI agents hopped a plane flight to Los Angeles where the Lurleen was due to arrive at its last stop in the States. In L.A., police took a fast skiff 10 miles offshore and met the ship. While several hundred passengers had to stand by, a stern-to-stern search, that's hard to say, stern-to-stern search, was conducted. Colonel. Now, what about stern-to-stern search. What what about Stephen Hawking singing Billie Jean by Michael Jackson? 
Hold on, gotta get get tuned off for that one. Baseball ah, legend. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, baseball ah. legend Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yeah, talking about Babe baseball, Ruth. so you guys have Ooh, to pay baseball. attention now. Yeah, Babe Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. He was one of the passengers, and he was on his way to a college football game. He took a boat. That seems to have not a lot to do with the story. He took a boat to the football apparently, game. Apparently, yes. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, took an ocean liner to after, a football game. Yeah. After hours of searching, oh God, don't say anything, Colonel. After <laughs> hours of searching every nook and cranny <laughs> of the huge ocean liner, no trace of Brooklyn. I wonder was why found Babe Ruth is taking weekend. an ocean liner to a football game. <laughs> what, what football game is he going to, Colonel Stephen Hawking? Well, singing just... "Total Eclipse of the Heart." <laughs> The weekend passed with no word about you know what it, about the fate of Brooke Hart. So what's up? That's what happened. The weekend passed with no word about the fate of Brooke Hart. Not a word. So Nary a word. No, no. You know all the thing mom. about the thing uh, for all of the work that Mister Hawking did, and he, and he was legendary. He was a very very. Do you know where all his money came from, Timmy? No, where? Being playing the part of Chewbacca in Star Wars. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, I I do have to say, when everybody was posting like how sad it was that the actor who played Chewbacca died, I couldn't help but think to myself, like, do we really know if he was a great actor? Yeah, I mean, he was under that costume. Oh. <clears throat> I mean, but I'm just, I mean, it's not that hard to to do that job, I would think. So, well, I don't no, know. I mean, it is sad I that mean, he died. You know, you're kind but of like, like you're making fun of him, Karen. I mean. Yeah, why are you mocking I'm, him? I would never, I would never. Beast the Burden, Colonel, by so. the Rolling Stones. <laughs> you know, Timmy, hold on. I got to tell you this story because it was a little amusing, but it horrified the I mean, he was kind of a nurses. beast of burden, wasn't he, Colonel? I mean, really? <laughs> well, he could get around quick in that little scooter, but we was in the hospital. And I told you my brother did have this unfortunate disease, yeah. and it's it's horrible for it anyone is horrific, who gets it. Right. But We're not making fun of it. He, <clears throat> he lost his voice, and uh, he was trying to tell me something. He had a whiteboard that he wrote everything on. And uh, he was trying to relay something to me. And all of a sudden, he decided that he could talk again. But he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get this message through. And I'm, I've, I've been at the, I've just been tired. And, you know, I was a little irritable. And he, he's telling me something. He's telling me a whisper through. And I'm like, God damn it. And finally, I was like, God damn it, Chewbacca. Could you just write the shit down on the board? Ain't nobody can understand what you're saying. Just write the shit down. He's sensitive. And you know what he's, he did to me, to me? Uh, Karen. Very sensitive. Well, then he just, like like sud- like if I was just closer to him, I'd be able to understand him. So he just waved me in and waved me in and waved me in. And then when I got real close to him, to mm-hmm. me, he slapped me <laughs> in the side of the head. Well, it was well deserved. I yeah. think you deserved that. And I told it. Yeah. And the doctors and two nurses and a respiratory therapist was in the bed, and I was like, "You son of a bitch! If you ever hit me like that again, I don't care if you're in a hospital bed. I'm pulling you out, and kicking your ass." Wait, they were in the bed. They were in the bed. It was a. It was a. It was a special <laughs> hospital. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, to the. Hospital. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Well, Alex Hart was ordered to take 
$40,000 in cash and drive alone in the Studebaker towards Man, Los they Angeles. really upped their game if from $700. <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, they did. If they're like, if we're going to go, we're going to go big. Right. If he agreed to this arrangement, the number two was to be written on a large sign and placed in a window in Hart's department store. Or he could just say yes. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I don't. You know. It seems like they're a little dramatic. Like anyway. that takes a lot Alex, of the lot of the uh, you know kidnapping game out of it if you don't use secret yeah. codes. Uh, yeah, they're like doing they're right, to right. Pull like, off what's the, the point if you're not here. gonna? Yeah, yeah. Well, Alex Hart was willing to comply, but unfortunately, <laughs> he never learned how to drive a car. So he couldn't take them. So, he couldn't take the money to them, is what you're saying. Because, you know, it's nothing worse, Colonel, than taking a ransom on public transportation. It's just... No, ain't nothing like carrying around $40,000 on a trolley, Timmy. <laughs> I feel like you might have done that before, Timmy. I feel like that's something you <laughs> yeah, might actually be familiar yeah, but, with. You know, that was, bef- you know, it, this was before inflation. So, not back then. Like yeah. Forty thousand then probably was like a million dollars or something. Colonel, I know you can. Uh, well, you can give us the correct amount, but in your head, right? Um, I try to. I try to figure it up, but let me. You need to give well, me just the a sign. Minute, but I can. the sign was. Placed they in the window. Two. It was the year was nineteen thirty three, Timmy. The year was nineteen thirty three. Yes. It it'd be about seven hundred and eighty five thousand. Yeah. Now I've never today, carried that Timmy. much on the bus. But anyway, he did okay. not. They did um, a number two. Is the what sign, you're saying, Karen. Number two in the window. Yes. Yes. Right. Um. But because Mr. Hart couldn't drive mm-hmm. a car, in large black letters were printed the words. And this is very creative, considering the fact that he that he couldn't drive. The words said, mm-hmm. "All right, are you ready? I cannot drive." Okay, so he's mm. trying to communicate. You're you're supposed to be like, "Wow!" He's trying to communicate mm-hmm. to the yeah. kidnappers that he cannot bring the forty thousand dollars to them directly. Is what we're saying. Okay. Right. Right. I think he was trying to convey the message that he couldn't yeah. drive. That's what I think he was trying to say. Well, it's hard to. Def- discern it but i think he's basically saying you need to send my son back if you want me to deliver this because my son's my driver basically yeah yeah basically yeah. or you're gonna just have to come and get the yeah. money lazy fuckers. just come in i mean and if you're gonna give him forty thousand dollars you think they could at least pick it up colonel yeah uh, yeah give me a pair of socks i ask god and my forty thousand exactly. dollars in ransom money exactly now, I wonder if he would charge him for the socks and the ascot out of the $40,000. Well, I mean, if it wasn't part of the deal, sure. Because they don't want to be shoplifters, too. No, I mean. Okay, well, by early evening, the, the kidnappers had gotten the message because at 8 p.m., the phone at the Hart residence rang. It was someone who claimed to be holding Brooke captive. The FBI agent in the home listened in on the call while the phone operator began to relay the caller's location to the police. And you know that's line. pretty impressive because it's Just, not its not that – I mean, it is now. But back in the day, it was not that easy to trace a phone call. I worked in a no, – uh, Karen, I right. used to work in a suicide hotline. And uh, mm-hmm. if we got really high-risk uh, callers, we would have to have the phone mm-hmm. traced and – I mean, it's like almost impossible to do that. They have to put a, a, a trap on it, which means that the person can't disconnect the mm-hmm. call 
and then they have to trace it. So the fact that they were able to trace this yeah. thing in 1933 is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. But do you think it was Maybe. easier not when many, there was, was an not operator? Maybe. There was not many phones then. Yeah. Right. And also the operator, I oh, would think yeah, that, they that had would to call be Sarah. easier because of the... They had to call... Yeah, they had right. to call... Right. Yeah. Sarah, this is Jack Thompson. <laughs> Give me Mr. Hart. Yeah, that's right. So they just See, traced See, Sarah... Sarah was the original Siri. Yeah. 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 If you think so, about it. Yeah, she basically. was. Everyone had a yeah. Sarah right. who was the operator. Yeah. She, she basically connected all the phone calls mm -hmm. in the whole country. And right. it probably uh, was. Yeah. That's pretty goddamn good. They were fewer there, phones. That, ma that makes sense. Well, just then, the police pulled up outside the plaza garage. They had seen a man talking on the phone with his back facing so They went them. to the gas station where this he dude never... That wasn't too bright. No. Well, he... He never noticed the gang of excited police officers until they were basically on top of him. And as they opened the door to the booth, the caller hung up. When he turned around, he was face to face with Chief mm. Emig. Ooh, Chief Emig. Yeah, he don't play. Yeah. He bitch. don't play, right. Colonel. No, he don't. Mm -mm. No, he don't. You don't no. want to fuck with him. No. No. So Thurmond was taken over to the San Jose jail where he was questioned by police and FBI agents. At first, he denied any involvement. Nope. Wasn't me. Don't look at me. Nope. And said he was on the phone with a friend, but he couldn't remember. He could not remember his friend's yeah, well, name. Well, you know, so. sometimes you forget. Sometimes you that forget. happens a lot. Right. You have a lot of yeah, friends. Yeah. Well, then he changed his story. And said he was talking to well, his maybe mother. His, maybe his Forgot mother her name was also well, his friend. That's not that unusual. Right. All he had to yeah. say was mom. He didn't have to remember a name with that one. Yeah. But the FBI agents, they they were not fooled. Oh, they weren't born They yesterday. thought he might be lying. That's right. So they would not relent. They just kept on. And soon, Thurmond gave in. Oh, no. Right. They cracked And him. the quote says they did. This subject was thoroughly questioned from 8 o'clock Wednesday night, November 15th, 1933. So they said that he means was they beat him questioned. with a hose and shit, is what it mm -hmm. means. They put a spotlight been on him. thoroughly questioned. Yeah. They put a spotlight on him. I was questioned by the FBI one what? time in a room with a, with a, like a metal, um, with a metal light the whole, the whole nine. What did you I do? was what did interrogated you do? for mail. Mail fraud. Mail fraud, Colonel. Are you are you aware that your co-host <laughs> is a criminal? I did not know she had a criminal background. No, I didn't say it did anything. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But you did. I was you didn't say No you one ever does anything. <clears throat> I'm right. sure it yeah, was a no big misunderstanding, Karen. It was a misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I was 20, and um, so, you know, I wasn't. So how long ago was that, Colonel? The, the ripe old age. <laughs> The ripe old age that I yeah. am now, it was and 20 so years ago. I kind of did a little bit of winking and smiling, and the FBI agent so ended you're up saying like, that you, kind of asking you me flirted out. Flirted, so. and you you got out of uh, a mail fraud uh, the situation, but I didn't sure, actually do sure, anything sure, sure. wrong. So, so you, you know, thanked him for his service, is what you're saying? Do you know how Brandy mm -hmm. got an A, well, no, a C plus? In economics. C-plus in economics. She had to do more. Much than like... Well, you have to work with yeah. what you have. I mean... Well, like yeah, that's Brandy doesn't if have, you have it. So, you need to work it. Well, we're only hearing part of Karen's story. We don't know <laughs> okay. what went on in the other interrogation room either, so... 
Well, okay, in this situation, Thurmond finally admitted that he had been mixed up in this scheme. Oh, he was just an innocent party, and, you know, he had just been Harold. That Harold, uh, you know, yeah. he, no, like, Jack, yeah, forced Jack Holmes. Thurmond. Uh-huh. Or is it mm-hmm. Jack Holmes? Who did they catch? Right. So they get Jack or they got Harold? I'm confused. You did it right. I'm just... Um, okay. Harold Thurmond. Yeah, Harold Thurmond. Um, because it was Jack got. Holmes. Okay, he's yeah. blaming it on Jack. Oh, yeah, you're no, right. No, you're I'm fine. sorry. I was, I was wrong. Confused. Yes, he was blaming okay. it on Jack. He's blaming Jack. Mm-hmm. Right. And... Right. And he said that Jack Holmes is the one who had kidnapped Hart and driven him up to the San Mateo Bridge where they oh. shot him and they, they tossed shot the victim they into shot the- Brooke. Yes. What the fuck? They shot the young they shot gay him. tennis and they- player and tossed him. And they tossed him <clears throat> into the San Francisco Bastards. Bay. They didn't just like drop Bastards. him. They didn't just drop him. They tossed that- him. Now that's some, that's bullshit some bullshit right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what yeah. happens to people that do shit, some shit like that. Yeah, what happens next, Colonel? Because my great-granddaddy Flanagan was there. Mm-hmm. So okay. soon the details of this confession were made public to mm-hmm. me. And rumors of additional crimes committed by the suspects soon circulated throughout the county. And the public was just outraged, Timmy. I would be outraged, outraged, wouldn't you, Karen? We're members of the public, <clears throat> and we yeah, would I be would. outraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Horrified. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on November Angry. 25, 1933, Timmy, two duck hunters from Redwood City discovered uh, a bad Colonel, you think they had those little duck calls? You know? Oh, yeah. yeah they had to. Or they would never get ducks. <laughs> but they it was a crab-eating I'm body. I'm picturing the Nintendo game, but... Yeah, they probably were like real duck, duck hunters. But you th- they, I'm sure they had those little... Yeah. Oh, well. You know, duck calls. Yeah. Those little plastic guns. Yeah. Um, well, no. Okay. How else would you get it, it Hold up? on. Let me let me tell you Stephen Hawking getting it up. Colonel, <laughs> that's horrible. So anyway, Tim. That's, that's just uncalled for, Colonel. I'm sure Sorry. we're going to get... I'm so well, glad I'm part of this episode. They found yeah, his body. All right. It was all eaten up by crabs and stuff. Now, crabs. the next day is saying... Colonel, you're familiar with that, right? No. You're familiar with crabs? No, I'm not. <laughs> <clears throat> I am not. Well, actually, I can't say I'm not. I, I had an unfortunate incident with the crabs, Timmy. Um, we was uh, not to get too far distracted. You don't have to share. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to share this because it needs to be explained. Now, I'm, I'm playing baseball, and we had to play a game down in Louisville. Oh, so you use someone else's? Play, you're t- you're going to tell me you use someone else's cup? No, oh no, Timmy. Oh. <laughs> we 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 go down there and we gotta we gotta play a doubleheader in Louisville. So we stop at this little roadside uh, cottage gas station Brothel. restaurant. You know, one of all those things. You know, and this is back in the, the day hung out? when we had polyester uniforms, uh-huh. Timmy. You remember how those yeah. were? And ours were black. Yeah, and Cotton it's a height of summer, so. It is. So we're sleeping like six in a room, Timmy, you know, because we're trying to save more. We ain't got no money to you know do anything. So we're sleeping like six in a room. And the next day we start to play our doubleheader and I got this black polyester uniform on. And I noticed my, my, my chest is itching and my, 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 my kind of armpits are itching. And then everybody that had spent the evening in the room with me, the other five players, we are itching like a son of a bitch, Timmy. And then we finally, we can't take it anymore. We got a double header to do. And 
because you don't then these little body livestock they are not just sexually transmitted if somebody has had them on the sheets prior to you mm. they will infest you too so you had the crabs so is what you're we saying had, we had to play a double header in 89 degree you know yeah <clears throat> it was horrific to me i i can imagine we stopped See, now every listener is itching yes. oh. because that's what happens when you hear about it. You start, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not yeah. buying but it's funny that's how because crabs, but okay, turn, whatever you, we what did help, not, you, help you sleep at night, Colonel, whatever. We didn't necessarily, ours were not, they didn't hit our groinage so hard as they hit our armpits and whatever chest hair we had. And it, it was horrible, so we, we got done with the double header. Uh, Karen, and, uh, have you ever experienced anything like that? <clears throat> Me neither. So apparently the only person who has had the crabs on this podcast is the colonel. Yeah. Is the colonel. Mm -hmm. Well, we stopped at the Super X, Timmy, on on the way because we couldn't stand it anymore. So we went to a drugstore, went to a gas station, Timmy, where they had an outside hose. We bought all kinds of this rid rid stuff. Mm We soaped ourselves down with rid. We stood in our in our we you know because we wore those sliding shorts, those tight sliding shorts, and we soaped up everything with this rid. Stood there, hosed each other off with the garden hose at the gas station, and got rid of them. It was horrible. To I me. I'm sorry had you to had to. I'm sorry bags. you had to go through that, Colonel. I'm sure it's the only. T- it was. Wait, I'm just wanting. I'm just wanting to clarify. So it was an entire baseball no, team that was like getting naked. It was no, it was and no, it was washing. It was me and the five guys that spent the night in a room with us. That spent uh, the night in that room. They got okay. Them. Don't believe okay. it was. It was horrid. Mm. Yes, it was horrid. Mm. Sorry about that. That sounds like an unpleasant situation. Like it was more than unpleasant. Tale. Continue, Colonel. <laughs> it was demeaning. Well, the next day, a San Jose newspaper published an editorial called Human Devils. Human Devils. Human Devils. Yes. And in it, suggestion of what should be done with these suspects was made very clear to me. And according to Farrell. That sounds like unbiased journalism. It sounds like the editorial said. Justice is what it sounds like. It sounds like you wrote that mm-hmm. editorial, Colonel. But go ahead. Well, he. It said, now, if mob violence could ever be justified, it would be in a case like this. And we believe the general public would agree with us, hmm. the editorial said. See, I mean, I've listened to History Dweebs, right? And, I mean, I've read about a lot of crimes. This really, I mean, it's sad that Brooke was thrown over the bridge and all. But really, yeah, I mean, it's not as horrific as some of But I think, I think right. given yeah. the atmosphere at the time, the environment where the kidnappings were seen gotcha. as being, you know, rampant. Yeah. And you, you remember the little uh, Lindbergh baby was just found murdered. Right. So I think uh, there was a. Yeah. Probably an intolerance. They yeah, were just done. For, for yeah. Well, and remember, everybody was very, everybody was depressed. Mm. Well, yeah, it was a depression. It was, they, everyone was on. It was on, a great depression, yeah. <laughs> everyone was. Everybody was on some kind of Prozac or something. Or something. Yeah. It was all crazy, yeah. Right. And nothing makes you feel better than good right. revenge. Exactly. So, nothing will cheer right, you like, up. Who needs antidepressants when, when you, you can when just you have vengeance, revenge on people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in addition to the newspaper, local radio station KQW Timmy uh, was also calling for vigilante justice. Your station for the hits, <laughs> yeah, and hits and whatever. 
Now the public and did vigilante justice. The public did not take much convincing. One station interrupted its programming twice an hour <laughs> to encourage <laughs> the citizens of San Jose to take justice into their own hands. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we would like to interrupt this love song to have you take <laughs> yeah, justice into your own hands. After we we just like to interrupt the air supply here. To uh <laughs> you know, they play an air supply song like I'm all out of love. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. And then, um, and you know, go down and hang these guys from. But anyway, by 9 p.m. that evening, the body was found, and a mob estimated by the press to range anywhere from five to five thousand men. Fifteen thousand. That's a pretty big 15, spectrum. Yeah. And wow. children were jammed into the park. Oh, yeah, you bring your kids to That's a, kind of a, like... a mob. <laughs> You bring your kids yeah. for mob yeah. lynching. I mean, mob lynching. Yeah, yeah. you can't leave them. At I, home. I wonder if there was. I wonder if they had funnel cakes there, <laughs> Timmy, and ice cream Probably. vendors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now around nine thirty, the sheriff had contacted the governor, like, "What the fuck are we gonna do here?" And requested to call in the national guard. And the national guard, who kind of, or the governor, who was himself, <clears throat> supported a little bit of vigilante justice. Said, so, well, I, I I believe the National Guard busy right now, but maybe I'll try to get a hold of him. <laughs> so the governor no, turned no, down no, his request, to. basically, right? In essence, he did. You're, yes. you're on your own, basically. So by midnight, thousands had gathered outside the jail, and the sheriff's deputies fired tear gas into the crowd to disperse them. But as often happens, this just <laughs> agitated the crowd more. Yeah. Then sheriff. You would think that they would have learned to like use something that kind of makes people calm. They should have used mimes. I mean, yeah. They should have used mimes. Got mimes out there. No. And you know, doing like you know what we doing need? like man in a box or something or running against the wind. That would have calmed it down. What they need to do, what they need to do, is send out like skunk oh, smell. Oh yeah, that would work. That stuff should be weaponized. Yes. Yeah, that's some pretty horrific. Or Zanax. Gas, Timmy. Yeah, Xanax. That's, that's a good plan. They just—they wouldn't even have to chill do the gas. Out. They could just hand out Xanax, and people yeah. would fall asleep. Yeah. So the crowd—they became angry. Then the sheriff—he orders his officers to abandon the bottom two floors of the jail, where they were being held. Now, yeah, um, Sheriff Emig is—he ain't playing, man. He's—he's he's for real. Well, one solid mass, the excited horde. Ooh, Timmy, I like the way you phrase that. The excited horde—they sound like the Mongol horde coming through Thank there. You, like, uh, yeah. They, so they—they they charge up the second floor where Thurman and Holmes cowered in their cells, paralyzed with fear. The jailkeeper was knocked unconscious, and his keys were ripped from his leather belt. Mm. Yeah, it gets it's and it only gets worse from here. So descriptive, just so descriptive. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thank, adjectives, thank you, Timmy. Thank you. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Now the frenzied men, Timmy, quickly located the prisoners and dragged them from their cells, kicking and screaming. Now Holmes was a big man, yeah. over fourteen inches by some accounts. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's the other Holmes. Holmes was a big man, over six foot tall and in good shape. And he put up, see, now Karen's looking him up now. He put up a vicious I'm, fight, I'm not, knocking though. several of the assailants to the ground with wild whoops, which drew thousands of onlookers. Oh, let's look at that alliteration with wild yeah, whoops. I mean, well, Timmy. If you're going to have whoops, they might as well be wild. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's some pretty hot alliteration right there. I like that. I don't. I don't like a half-hearted whoop myself. So <laughs> nothing worse than a half-hearted whoop. <laughs> half-hearted whoop. Yeah. That's like it's like a half-hearted hummer, Timmy. <laughs> if you're just not gonna be yeah. into it, just don't do it. Well, do I don't know. I wouldn't get that, that far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say you might not tell, but I'm just. But... <laughs> you don't yeah, want to encourage that give you... service. I'm not going to give you five stars on Yelp Man, for that exactly. one. But anyway, the oh, they, so anyway, the the onlookers are homeward bound from the theaters. The mob race with their prisoners at St. James Park, but at first they grabbed the wrong prisoner, <laughs> leaving Thurman in his cell. <laughs> That's fucked up. You get the wrong prison. I bet that guy wasn't too yeah. happy. Now this poor son of a bitch is in there for jaywalking. That was or probably a half-hearted, yeah. a half-hearted whoops. Oops, yeah, oops, they they whoops. grab Otis, yeah. the town drunk, out of the cell, <laughs> and he's pleading for his life, saying, "I'm not one of the killers." And then they get there and they realize their mistake, and they just. But you know, <laughs> no, if he so, was one of the killers, chances are he would probably said the same thing. So I mean, hey, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Timmy, they take him back and they just throw him down the steps of the jail. That was rude. <laughs> as they return to get Thurman, yeah, I mean, I... poor, poor Thurman, man. Like Harold is probably like, sweet, I got out of this. Like they didn't, they're not getting me. Why did so he, he run, he the dumb he son was... of a bitch? They knocked the jailkeeper <laughs> he out. He thought he was home free. Like he thought he was home free, and they disappointed. Not so much. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, well, their right. cries for mercy. Were lost in the angry roar of the crowd. Although he tried to fight, Thurman was beaten senseless. <laughs> hmm. And apparently not aware of anything after he was taken from his cell. In the meantime, the throng at St. John's Park had grown to thousands of people. People with torches, Timmy. Pitchforks. They literally had torches oh and pitchforks. Karen, wouldn't you love to have been there, Karen, to see this? Huh, well, Ka- no, Karen's not, from Florida. I, I, She's seen I, shit oh, yeah. like this before. Yeah, so they do that shit all the time. Um, no, that's a true story, actually. But go ahead. Do this all the time in well, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. You just something. N- Nebraska's surprisingly pleasant, actually. The people are like the first time I went to Target, and I go to Target a lot. Like seven people popped up to ask if oh, they could help they me. Because they hire those old and people I was like, there to greet you, and then no, they don't, these they have were no like the young people. Register. They have all the greeters in the world. They have like it 40 was... greeters, but no one on the cash register. Yeah. But I mean, like everybody here is unnaturally nice. I mean, it's it's it's. I came from New Mexico, and in New Mexico, they don't mm-hmm. give a crap about you. So it's like I wasn't used to well, it. Well, that's because you got all the nuclear everybody... weapons out there. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all tense down well, there. They I... know that. Yeah. I don't know. It was different, but. Well, they get Thurman and Holmes. They drag him to their feet. Now, remember, one of them is uh, Thurman. just out cold. And people pass by the prisoners, hit them with tree branches, <laughs> threw bricks at the helpless men. And see, this is some bullshit. Damn. No, no, you don't want to get into this shit because people, as a general rule, don't have very good aim with bricks. Okay. <laughs> so if you're, a, you're the poor rule, son of a bitch holding the homes, you're liable to take a brick. I mean, it's a general most, rule, Karen. Some people are better than others. Yeah. But as a general yeah. rule, a person picks up a brick to throw it. They are not that accurate with bricks. So you don't want to be in the vicinity I'm, of people throwing bricks. I'm stuck on the tree branches, not sticks. Well, they hit them with tree branches because that's all they had to yeah, they to had, them, maybe. 
Right. They're... I feel like maybe these guys were like symbols of the depression. You think out their maybe people were just sort of, yeah. <laughs> You're saying they have they a lot of just been frustration, these people in the park. It, it's it's it possible. possible. Mm-hmm. Well, here's murderous killers, they screamed, Timmy. Mm. And the more Holmes fought, the more the crowd retaliated against him. They Now, he did manage to knock several of his tormentors to the ground, but he suffered some, some horrid injuries. So they dragged the prisoners. I feel like you may need some personal time after this script. <laughs> I, I might. I, I might just like, a little bit. I feel like you're probably just a getting roused, a little bit. Perhaps. Yeah, possibly. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> what do you think about that, Karen? So anyway. Oh, God. Now I wish I hadn't said it. They, they dragged the prisoners, led by Colonel, my, my granddaddy, Colonel Flanagan. They dragged them to the northern co- corner of the park where a youth quickly scurried up a tall elm tree with a length of rope tossed over a large branch about 20 feet from the ground. See, that's why it's good to have youth nearby, because they can, that's they why can it's, scurry yeah. up a tree. Yeah. It's it's kind of odd that they were just prepared with that. Well, they I mean, had the they, radio well, station in, calling for it. They were, they were interrupting. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Oh, no, that's every true. 10 every, minutes to... We want to interrupt our regular programming just to say, go down to the jail and get these guys out. Well, so anyway, a you scurries up there, so like a little, like one of those little urchins, ferret monkeys mm-hmm. or whatever they are. Like a squirrel. Yeah. A squirrel? Is that the word you're Throws it over yeah. an elm tree. And the other end was fastened into a noose and pulled over Holmes' head. Mm. But he managed to get off, get it off his neck. And then several men beat him into submission. Mm. Now, a few <laughs> yards away, a noose was placed around Thurman's neck without a problem because he had been beaten unconscious. <laughs> He'd never regained consciousness since he was taken from his cell. They weren't having any fun with Thurman. They're like, man, this is boring. Like, this then is several men mm. hoisted Thurman up 10 feet off the ground, Timmy. Mm. 10 feet off the ground. Now, Holmes, I'm getting a little roused here, I got to (laughs) say. Meanwhile, Holmes continued to resist until a mob just decided, you know what? We're tired of taking punches from this son of a bitch. Break his goddamn arms. So they broke his arms, Timmy. They broke both of his arms. And then then they stripped him naked. Oh, that's that's going too far, Karen. (laughs) It is. It is. This is. They stripped him naked. They just. (laughs) Siri. (laughs) What? Siri is talking to me. I'm sorry. Talking about flashing. Thank you, Siri. Thank you, Siri. Thank you, Siri. (laughs) Well, then he was stripped naked in a row. Siri just. You guys know what I did last episode. What I did last week? I I had. I called Amazon, right, because I was having problems with my password, and I called their customer service to reset it. Well, when you're talking on their phone, when you're talking to them before they put you, connect you um, to their uh, their customer service person, they say next time, you know, just say, hey, Siri, call Amazon. So I have Siri on when they do that. So Siri calls Amazon 
And I'm on line with one of these customer service folks talking to him about this problem. And the other one comes on through Siri. And it's like, you know, it's like I'm talking to two people and they're both totally fucking confused. <laughs> it was hilarious. See, that's what. That's why I don't have Siri in my yeah. house because uh, a couple weeks ago I was talking to Logan and Logan said, hey, Dad, I'm going to be going to Louisville next weekend. You know, remember, I'm taking your car. And I said, "You, I'm going to need my car. You can't take my car. And he said, we already talked about this. You said I could borrow your car. And I said, I never, you never ever said anything about me about taking my car. And then all of a sudden Siri chimed in. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> That was on Thursday night at 9.43 p.m. He asked you to borrow your car, and you replied in the affirmative. See, Then I got rid of Siri, Timmy. Well, you know what, Colonel? You know who she speaks better than? She talks better than Stephen Hawking, don't you think? <laughs> and British people. Although I got my Siri set up to talk like a yeah, British. Yeah, I had it. I had it so as well. I like, but I know, get that with Leanne when I, want, when I want that accent, so I just talk to her. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, the people in the Facebook group, we've 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 heard about your role yes. play. Yeah, that, she gets that on was and talks great. about Los yeah. Angeles and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, Timmy yeah. likes to be the Sometimes Timmy she talks likes with to an lead Irish that charge. <laughs> Does she? <Ooh. laughs> Fake Irish. Accent. Just a wee little bit. Just talk a wee little bit. Now huh? I feel like you're both a little <laughs> bit aroused. Well, it's a little disturbing. We're I'm getting to the good part. Hold on. We're getting to the money shot on these guys. Now, he's. We remember, we got one stripped naked right, right here, one right? Unconscious. A rope firmly around his testicles, and he. Well, okay, I made that part up. He was around his neck. He was lifted up while he kicked frantically into the air. Now thousands cheered when they saw the kidnappers hanging from the tree limbs. Some applauded. They even had the cars pulled up in a circle and turned on the headlights. Oh. So they wouldn't be doing this in the dark. Now, Holmes, some of the lynches decided, you know what it'd be fun to do while he's dangling there? Let's set his feet on fire. (laughs) So they came out with some matches and caught his, because remember, he's naked, ain't got nothing but socks on. They caught his socks on fire. <laughs> Timmy, these ain't the polyester Besides ones. Besides knocking yeah. him in the head with a tree branch, stripping him naked. <laughs> and him. Right. They're giving him a fucking hot foot. Exactly. They did everything but give him a hot lead enema here, Timmy. <laughs> so they catch his socks on fire. He's wiggling around. He don't know what to do. He's dangling from a rope, trying to grab his throat, but wiggling his feet. I mean, that'd have to be a sight to see. So anyway, and the people were saying, burn, burn, burn. So motorists were passing. They were drawn to the scene by the yelling and cheering. They parked their cars along First Street. I'm sure there were over 10,000 people inside St. John. How'd you like to be selling freeze pops that night? You could have made a fortune. Well, I mean, can you imagine, though, like you think that it's something good because everybody's yelling and cheering. And you're like, oh, let's make something something cool. And then it's that. It is something good. And then. They were stringing these some bitches up from a tree. Well, not the I don't know what could be better. Uh, yeah, especially if like you just moved to the area yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna see what my neighbors are like up to, and then slowly. you're looking and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Keep yeah. it deposit. We had to cook out. <laughs> these motherfuckers yeah. ate three cheeseburgers. Just two, two cheeseburgers is the limit. So yeah, 
Have you ever been? I don't. Let him go. You know how they have the town picnic. (laughs) You know when you have the family picnic and one motherfucker is always eating like eight deviled eggs. You know, there's only like twelve deviled eggs. I feel like now you're committed to it and you just you're you're continuing, but you really should. No, I'm just saying. I kind of think he's that person that he's talking about. But go ahead, Colonel. You know that when you've had the family gatherings or whatever, and some, but like, I'm just well, using I don't have family, but thanks for reminding me that. That's, yeah, that. if you did, though, you would have family <laughs> gatherings. Okay, mm-hmm. just say at one of your friend's gatherings, a party or whatever, and somebody brings something that's like 12 deviled eggs. And you got this motherfucker sitting next to the deviled eggs, and I'd like me a deviled egg now and again. And... You got the motherfucker sitting next to the table just popping deviled eggs into his mouth like M&M's. It's like, oh, that's my kid. Motherfuckers, there's no, only a I... dozen of those deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. And those sons of bitches need to be taken out to a tree and strung up. <laughs> After one warning, one warning, like that's your fourth deviled egg, don't eat no goddamn more deviled eggs. Well, also, deviled eggs cause a lot of gas issues, and you don't want to be around that. So, like, four deviled eggs, you're going to cause problems for people. Yeah, I'm just... I'm, I, that's not relevant. It's but, not. It's more no, relevant in his story. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's Continue, true. Colonel. So, I'm just saying that's probably what these people thought. You know, the next time they have a town picnic or something, you know, tell little Timmy to watch himself. Don't eat too many cookies. Hey, Colonel, I, I actually, I'm off tomorrow, tree. but I do work on Tuesday. So if you could, uh, you know, continue. Wrap this yeah. up by then. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, th- now a few brave souls tried to stop this, and they were beaten senseless. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that didn't go over well. Yes. Yeah. The New York Times reported police officers who had been on guard kept carefully away from the park. They were like, oh, my God, you see that sort yeah, of bitch jaywalking I mean, down you know, on 4th Street? It's a small town. They probably didn't have the capacity to, you know, intervene with their, a what mob it, of 10,000 people. Well, yeah, and watching the action of the mob from the opposite side of the street is what the police did. Now, the press, they, they, they got themselves in there, and for hours afterwards... People roamed through the park and children played nearby where the naked bodies of Thurman and Holmes swayed in the gentle night breeze. Ooh, that's a night. See, I could just picture it. The way you wrote it, Timmy. I tried to paint. The I way you just wrote that. For hours afterwards, people roamed through the park and children played nearby while the naked bodies of Thurman and Holmes swayed in the gentle night breeze now karen you probably would not let your kids uh, be in the the park where there was naked bodies swaying but the colonel i know you have been in the park where there have been naked bodies swaying in a breeze i have been i have been yeah naked bodies swaying in the breeze timmy so they hang they hung these two guys and burning flesh because they hanged or hung now what's the hang okay it's hanged They could also be John Holmes was John Holmes was also John Holmes was hung. Yeah, he was hung. Jimmy. Now, in the aftermath of the lynching, Governor Rolf was publicly condemned for advocating lynch law by former President Herbert Hoover, then at Stanford University. But Rolf did not suffer unpopularity as tens of thousands of letters of support arrived at his mansion. John Holmes' parents sued the governor, along with they sued the radio station, 
but the suit was dropped when the governor died of a heart attack in 1934. Oh, that's sad. One young man was charged for participating in the lynching after he publicly claimed credit for leading the mob. <laughs> one out of 10,000 was charged, but the charges were dropped. Charges were dropped. Now, on despite. Yeah. Yeah, thousands of witnesses, no one was ever charged with the death of John Holmes and Harold Thurman. Hmm. So it just goes to show hmm. you, if you kidnap and shoot somebody, I mean... Who's rich? Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. If you're going to kidnap somebody, it's like... Try to get more than $700. That's, that's the first lesson. I'm making my trade. I'll, I'll give you your son back for $40,000. Okay, that's what we got to deal. You know, okay, you, you caught me sleeping here. You grabbed my son. I just think it's odd Whatever. that, they, okay, that uh, when they were uh, planning this kidnapping, they made the father go number two in the window, Colonel. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, nobody wants to go number two in the window. Uh, Karen, your final thoughts on the lynching of John Holmes and Harold Thurman. I think the moral of the story is to not hang out at gas stations. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's the first that's one. That's some and, advice and I've been of... trying to give you for a long time, girl. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. You'll be... Wow. Please tune in to Karen um, in her now solo podcast, Spy Stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, Karen... And then my other thought is that I'm kind of disappointed in Why? the two of you. Because you completely neglected to mention Stephen Hawking's favorite karaoke song, which was Walk This Way. <laughs> so, okay, so Walk send all your complaints to Karen at Spy Stories. Karen, Karen, that was wrong. <laughs> you know, I expect that from Timmy, but we thought you was going to class up the yeah. show. We, you know, we put you on here to replace Brandy, who... I'm sorry to disappoint. I am almost 40, so I, your expectations should have been low. Well. I mean, that's I'm sure that you'll be oh, young. Our even expectations were always low. Yeah, we had low expectations. We didn't have high expectations. But you yeah, did a wonderful job, Karen. And you, you can Thank be you. on Thank our podcast Thank you for asking me to do it about week, five minutes uh, actually, prior. We'll get rid of Brandy in a heartbeat. Can we, Colonel? <laughs> no. Can we get rid of Brandy? Yeah, I think so. Is that a possibility? I, I, have, to, I have to read the uh, small print of her contract, but basically... I'm pretty sure if you did that, you guys would be dealing well, with a lynch I, I'm mob. pretty sure so that you probably if she should would not have do an accident, that. Colonel. Um, yeah, that's like we, if a piano would fall on her head coming into work. It happens. It happens. You know, the only thing is, if we got rid of Brandy, we got a bunch of angry lesbians on Team Brandy. They, on the there's page. many angry lesbians that are on Team. Yes. It's like it's all that's on Team Brandy. Players. Angry lesbians. So, angry lesbians, yeah. yeah. So or they're uh, angry men who want to be lesbians, Colonel. Exactly. Colonel, your final yeah. thoughts I, I, on Colonel Justice, the lynching of John Holmes and Harold Thurman. I'm just saying I'm all for it, Timmy. Save the taxpayers some money. Well, I think that's a just good point. Cost, and, and, and somebody that donated the rope. You didn't have to turn it up old Sparky for him, Timmy. Yeah, they Just saved. They saved all those appeals. Well, I, you know, the funny thing is, it's a, I don't even think they a had a very, okay. uh, you know, lengthy appeal process back in the day. I mean, they would hang people after like a week of being found yeah, that's guilty. True. So, yeah, I, I am surprised that uh, they just didn't wait till um, you know for justice to run its course. But apparently, they 
are, you know, that they did not want to wait. They, you know, they wanted to save the taxpayers money. And so... Let's beautiful. It's a beautiful example of community unity. It, it is. is. People working together to better society. Mm-hmm. Nothing brings a, yeah, a community together like a good lynching, Timmy. Well, our good friend, what are, if you're interested in What are your final thoughts, Timmy? Story, uh, I don't know why you mm-hmm. would be, but if you are, um, then we suggest you go to our Facebook page, History Dweeves, the podcast. Join the group because Chris Smith is going to... Um, facilitate a discussion on this case, and get. We would love for your um, feedback. Isn't that right, Colonel? I don't particularly care if they like <laughs> it or not, Timmy. Well, yeah, but we would. I, I we get love, paid we the love sa- to have. I get paid the same nothing. So I would like to. If 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 I get five five stars on Yelp. I, I, what are they going to triple my pay? Well, I mean, no, but Three we, we want zero to zero, Timmy. We want to thank. Uh, we have a new Patreon supporter, Colonel Whitney James. We do Whitney James. So who? Whitney James. Uh, she's oh, well. We'll she, have to show Whitney the greatest love of all. Timmy. Yes. So thank you, Whitney. It's very, very oh, kind don't. of you for joining no. and supporting the podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, just go to. Patreon.com slash History where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel. Or just a wee little bit. Do we have the Patreon list this week? I know you were in charge of that. Or was that Brandy? I do not. Brandy Jimmy, was in charge not. of it uh, before her suspension, her unfortunate, unfortunate suspension. Yeah. Uh, so we, We'll have to do it twice next well, week. Well, we'll do it me. once next week. But we will um, give shout-outs. Yeah. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. And again... If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, and um, you can contribute there. Thank you, Karen, for joining us. Uh, I must say it was nice Thank to ha- uh, have a pleasant female voice on the show for a change. And it was, and you know what? Karen didn't cuss I one know. time. I know. Come on, Karen. Give us give us one. Just give us one for the road. Say it slow. Slowly. No, slowly. I'm not going to do Come it. Come on. I've heard you say it. I've heard you say it before. I'm not going to do it. I'm something? not going to do it. I think I said okay. damn yeah, earlier. We'll, we'll have to, we'll so have, you, you you got one out of me. You work I think on I that, said damn and, and we'll help, you on, actually. Uh, next week and week after and week after that, because I'm sure Brandy has never yeah. going to get sober. No, you know, you guys are putting a target no, no, no. on my back. She, like, all no, the feedback is going to be, bring back Brandy. I mean, let's, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, she'll still be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I miss mm. Brandy. And I'm mm. not even a lesbian, so, so look at that. Say. Every woman is a lesbian, right, Colonel? Every woman, every woman's a lesbian. Every woman just, is a potential they've lesbian. They've got it in them. Once yeah. they find out, once they, once women find out about the vagina, we're screwed, Colonel. <laughs> they do. Have you ever had a pillow fight with another girl, Karen? Or not screwed, actually. Um. Oh well, no, see, that's how it starts, not. Karen. That's how it starts. That yeah. that, mm. that is sort of the gateway drug. To lesbianism, the pillow fight. So pillows and Birkenstocks. Yeah. Gotcha. You have in my head. Right. In my head, you've had pillow fights with other. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thank you all oh. for joining us, and we'll see you next time on <laughs> History Dweeb. Bye, Bye everybody. Everyone. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.